Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Afterwork Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello. Hello. Sitting Come out. out. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Izzy's coming to us live from new office. An illegal AKA the room. wing. <laughs> Supposed to book this room, but I just didn't, so we're hiding. I've got the lights off. But we're in my new office. If a security guard comes in and, like, drags Izzy out of the room halfway through this, it's because she's illegally squatting in a meeting room. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the wing, it is so nice. It's just opened in London. Um, and it's like, cause I went to the West Hollywood one and the West Hollywood one is, sorry for anyone who doesn't know, it's a women's only, uh, what is it? Like a co-working space, members co-working club. Space, yeah. um, and it started in New York by two women and then now they've just opened their London one. But the one in West Hollywood is kind of like all spread out because there's obviously space in LA <laughs> and the one in London is like five stories high in this little brick building. So Right, like it's compact. Yeah, so yesterday well it's it's still big, but there's so many different areas to explore. So yesterday I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find the portrait room, which is where there's like portraits of Phoebe Waller Bridge and all these cool women. But I found it yesterday. Still exploring. Yeah, I saw that on Alexa Chung's Instagram. Yeah. I've got to recreate that photo. Rooftop Terrace, um, which is very, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Likely not going to be used. <laughs> Pointless. Yes. Um, very excited to hear all about it, seeing as. Are you going to say it? I don't know. I yeah. feel like it's weird to pretend like. Go on. No. Tell them. Seeing as I will be there in 
three weeks and moving to London. Grace is moving to London. Ah! We've known about this for so long that it feels like, because everyone keeps asking me about it and being like, oh my God, Grace decided to move to London. I'm like, obviously I would never move here if Grace wasn't moving to London. So the plan for a while has been to move to London with Izzy. We just had to wait for a a few like chips to fall into place. I don't think that's the right saying. You're waiting for Zach. Yeah, basically Zach is going over to do his PhD. He's a little brainiac. And we're going in December. Yay. So, so And we just got accepted into the wing, which was like our dream work location. Mm-hmm. We're extremely excited to be working out of there and we'll finally be back together full time. So you'll get like more of a fun bantery thing and less of a Skype lag situation it's good for everyone it's good for everyone and we will finally have time to work on the podcast and actually prep and be in the same room and have wines at the wing yes so we know that we know that the podcast is already absolutely amazing and flawless (laughs) but it may surprise you to know that because (laughs) of full-time work commitments it's been hard to dedicate as much time as we would like to it so now it's going to be basically our number one priority yeah which is going to be so fucking fun and obviously because we're still obsessed with everything going on in australia aka the bachelorette which we're going to dive into soon um you're not going to be missing out on anything. It's just going to be a lot more fun because we will be in the same room, which as you know, from our Rome episode is a lot easier. Yeah. So don't freak out. It's great. And I, I think I feel like I freaked out when I left that people were going to stop listening because it was we weren't based in Australia, but now I'm just like, why would anyone stop listening? Because we just talk about international things anyway. And it's now we're just two Australian girls living up in London. Nothing will really dramatically change, I think. If anything, we'll just have more to talk about. We'll do, like, four-hour long episodes each (laughs) week. Yeah, you might actually get those special (laughs) episodes we always say we're going to do and then never do. Yeah, actually, if you guys have, like, things that you would like from us, just send us a DM because we're open to suggestions. Yeah, definitely, for topics. Actually, like, we got um, sent, and in our private Facebook group, I always look at everything everyone sends in there. I listen to a great... Uh, podcast episode because of a dm today i actually got recognized by a um awd listener at the wing oh my god is he shame has done things to you (laughs) i was walking out the door (laughs) and we like caught each other's eye and then um she messaged me and said that she listens to awd and recognized me and she lives in london and so now we're gonna meet up and get coffee so i'm fucking excited for you to get here and you get here right before Christmas and we're going to go to Paris for New Year's with the boys. Oh no. Oh my God. There's so much to look forward to. I keep getting a bit sad that I'm going to miss the Australian summer, even though I've never ever once taken advantage of it and don't go to the beach and like, don't like the sun. When we met, I said to Grace, because I love the beach. I love being in the water. I'm like the biggest beach baby. And I was like, wait, I just realized that we've never been to the beach together and we spent almost every day together and then just on the days I went to the beach, Grace would just like go offline and disappear and she said it was because yeah. she didn't like the beach. But you know what? I actually I actually do like the beach because I've been going a bit recently, but I just thought I didn't like it. Yeah, my friend Stephen hates the sand and I get that. And it's shit on windy days, 
but then when you're just lying there reading a book in the sun and going for swims yeah it is nice I do feel like I'm gonna miss that quite a lot I'm gonna try squeezing as much as I can before I get there yeah it's um, pretty depressing at the moment the sun is setting the sun is setting like as in you go outside and it's golden hour at 3 30 it's crazy <laughs> it's crazy That's wild yeah but then everyone kind of gets into to. this little everyone gets into this zone where you kind of band together and go to the pub okay yeah hence the like gnarly drinking culture over there yeah hence everyone getting really fat it's actually like a thing apparently that when you move to london everyone just knows that you put on five kgs really and i've been eating so many almond croissants that that's probably happened and i just haven't checked (laughs) the classic london staple (laughs) almond croissant i love them thank god the wing doesn't have them but i had a pain of chocolate yesterday instead yum okay shall we jump into things after that exciting news I know, very exciting. I feel like the first thing we can talk about since I'm currently dueling is how dueling is really, really, really bad for everyone. Yes. I When I listened to, so The Daily did a two-part special. Um, what's it called? The something perils of dueling? It's like the perils of, yeah, vaping. Vaping. Um, and then... So and the, I was like, no... <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent it to Grace as soon as it came out. She just, she just seemed me. Um, yes. Yeah, so I know, Zach's like, you need to listen to it. And I was like, shut up. I was like, I just want to live in ignorance for a bit longer. Yeah. So they did a two-part special, and the first part was um, solely focused on a man who had been a lifelong smoker. And he kind of, his family were talking, so he, he died. And his family were talking, and they were like, you know, he'd kind of always tried to give up, but then he'd come to the conclusion that he was just likely going to die from a smoking related disease because he just loved it so much and he couldn't quit. That's kind of like my stepdad. My stepdad literally Mm. just loved smoking so much that he was like, this Mm. is going to be the death of me. And then just smoked till he literally died of lung cancer. And I was like, And then it was. Yeah. I was was literally like, are we seriously? But then again, yeah. If what you love, what you love. Um, And then, so this man died and his family just thought it was um, smoking related and that's what the doctors said and everything. And then it came out later that there'd been all of these vaping related deaths and the doctors reinvestigated and found that he was the first, he was the first vaping related death, right? Or he was the first vaping related death that wasn't to do with THC and wasn't to do with any vapes that were sold off the street because I think a lot of the cases of vapes that have been that aren't properly regulated and that people are selling off the street and lots of them are to do with thc but his was like a full jewel yeah like what i use yeah and what they said as well which was a beautiful visual image was that they figured this out because they looked at a lung scan and it looked like it was covered in shards of glass yeah from the inside i was like oh my fucking lord yeah, and then because like that's how they knew it wasn't from his lifelong smoking because there's like lung damage that you get from cigarettes and now there's lung damage that you get from dueling and it's totally different and like basically he smoked a pack a day for like forty years and was dueling for eighteen months and died from dueling. Yeah, it's which is wild. Scary. But I, it is one of those things. Some a friend of mine said this to me recently where she was like. When people, it took people so long to discover that cigarette smoking was bad for you because it was taking people like 20, 30, 40 years 
to die from smoking-related illnesses. And she was like, how bad must dueling be if people are dropping dead and it was only invented like two years ago? Yeah, I know. That's what, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if we already know, if people are already, there's been 500 vaping-related deaths already in the US and the technology was literally invented like less than five years ago. So that's yeah, wild. It's so crazy. And then Juul, which is the one that most people we know would smoke, would use, um, it has just been taken over. Last month, the CEO resigned because of so much negative press and so much backlash because Juul was marketing itself towards being like the cool thing and it had celebrities dueling and it was using all these ads of like young people dueling. And so teenagers got onto it. We all got onto it. I don't smoke at all, but give me like a bottle of wine and I'll be stealing Grace's jewel. Never again. Mm. Um, Never again. And in a restaurant. Like, Is <laughs> Literally. <laughs> in like a small family restaurant in Rome, Izzy was fucking jeweling at the table. I was like, you've really gone from zero to 100 very quickly. Yeah, it's all or nothing. So Jewel is getting heaps and heaps of backlash because firstly, what I found crazy was that the FDA for ages didn't regulate jeweling because they thought it was the solution to stop people smoking. And that's all they've been trying to do. It's the biggest preventable like, death in the US or probably in the world smoking is and so the fda were like dueling is a solution to this it's stopping people smoking it's obviously like better than smoking because that's what they were saying and that's what it looks like and then so they didn't regulate it for ages and then once all of these deaths started happening and illnesses started happening the fda were like holy shit we made a huge mistake and then gave jewel 30 days to change like everything and stop all these teenagers smoking so now they're trying to make it that um, you can't have any of the flavoured pods. You can only have the tobacco flavoured pod. They had to take down yeah. all of their... I know, <laughs> mint is gone, baby. No. They, no. they had to take down all of the advertising and now they... Um, the only advertising they have is like people who have been lifelong smokers switching to Juul instead of people just starting up dueling. But 28% of teenagers said that they'd vaped in the past month. Yeah, but this is the... Th- thing that's kind of fascinating because I was talking to someone else about this recently where I was like when I was back when I was young like I always found I think the reason that I've always smoked is because I always found it like quite like glamorous looking and Joan Didion and old movies and chic and cool and Kate Moss and then all of a sudden in the last two years something's just flipped and I just find it disgusting I guess it always has been but it's just all of a sudden gone from being this kind of mysterious, suave, je ne sais quoi thing to like a real grotty, gross habit that when you see someone doing it, you're like, ew. Yeah. And it's amazing that Jewel has like basically rebranded nicotine for an entire new generation of people where it's like Bella Hadid and I can't think of anyone else who's posted things about it, but people who would never, ever, ever post themselves smoking a cigarette, they'd get lots of backlash, now post videos or posts of themselves dueling yeah that's right i forgot that bella hadid posted a full video of her dueling yeah but it's that's what's kind of interesting about it is it's like it's taken all of the values of this like new gen z millennial generation and like created a product that caters them where it doesn't smell you don't have to leave and go like 10 meters down the road to do it it's compact it's stylish it's not super expensive you know what I mean like it's kind of it's it's pretty nefarious that they've invented it yeah and then last month um Jules CEO had to step down and the CEO of 
Altria Tobacco Company took over. So now it is literally run by a tobacco company. Because they invested last yeah. year like $13 billion to have a stake in Jill because they realized that that was the future of the tobacco industry. So it's, it's like so crazy. People are like, oh, it's a way to stop smoking or it's better than smoking, but you're literally just running. It definitely isn't. Yeah, because the thing with dueling that's crazy is like I know lots of people like you, but just loads of people I know who would never, ever, ever, ever touch a cigarette mm. who, who now duel. And secondly, like when I used to smoke, I would smoke quite rarely. And if I did, it would I'd very rarely smoke during the day never at work never like you know what I mean usually just if I was out drinking at night um and now I'll duel on like from my house to the bus from the bus to my office from my office to get coffee from like you're just like mindlessly doing it all Mm. the time so this idea that it somehow cuts down your nicotine consumption is ridiculous because you're doing it way 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 more often than you would ever smoke a cigarette and I get the argument I think when e-cigarettes came out was that there was this line that everyone told, which was like, you smoke for the nicotine, but you die from the tar. So like the tar in the cigarettes is what's actually like giving you lung damage, but you're smoking it just to get the nicotine hit. So the argument was that like Juul offered just the nicotine without all of the horrible, horrible chemicals that made you sick. But the irony is that like in order to consume a Juul, it's like heating up at this like insanely rapid process and the chemicals created by that are probably just as if not more it seems damaging yeah right so i didn't actually realize that i think i did know this but i hadn't thought about the fact that jill doesn't have the tar from the cigarette so that's why people thought it was healthier but it's obviously the chemicals heating up this liquid that's like even worse than the tar if people are getting sick so much quicker it's just so scary that as soon as i opened my eyes to it because i've had i mean i'm like this annoying i used to do this to my mom when when i was little and she smoked cigarettes and I would did you guys have that Harold the giraffe guy yes yeah, oh God, yeah. random whatever yeah. it was called life education man that came to school mm. I would like school up on how bad cigarettes were for you and I would write notes and I would post them to my mum in the mail and she would get letters and it would oh, have yeah. like a dead person from cigarettes so basically before they had all the warnings on cigarette packets I was like trolling yeah. my mum for years and then now I've Same. Started... I used to throw my dad's cigarettes in the bin. And my <laughs> mum was like, my mum was like, get them out. They're expensive. Or, and I used to um, write like educational posters for him and put them up around the house. Yeah. About why smoking was bad. We're such little losers. We're such little suck ups. I know. I was such a loser. <laughs> I cried when Britney Spears swore. <laughs> I was the worst. <laughs> I'm not joking. I literally had a full meltdown at school. Um, so. Yeah, and then with dueling, I've got the New York Times notifications on my phone and every time one would come up and it would be like, dueling's really bad, I would just screenshot it and send it to Grace and then I get drunk and have like a wine and I'm like, give me your fucking jewel. It's so bad. I'm literally like, that's it. Never again for me. I know that you just took a puff, but never again for me. I know. I feel like I'm just going to work my way through these Roman pods and then I'll give up. Well, when they take away mint, you're not going to want it anymore. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why anyone would smoke a fucking tobacco-flavoured jewel. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah, so I also listened to another one called um, How Doctors Uncovered the Vaping Crisis on the Journal podcast. If you literally search vaping podcast on the podcast app, there's so many. I'm going to work my way through it until I'm so petrified I can't even look at them. Um, but the <laughs> this one 
talks about like the first doctors and the first hospital in I think it was Minnesota maybe they actually discovered that it was dueling and they said that all of these teenagers were coming in in the height of summer um, with pneumonia pneumonia like symptoms um, so they were really short of breath really tired um, but then the doctors realized very quickly that it wasn't um, oh my god what is the word when you can catch something contagious <laughs> contagious um, that it wasn't <laughs> contagious and so they were, so then they looked at all the teenagers records and the one thing that they had in common is all of them had vaped in the past month and then these doctors put a call out to the wider US hospitals and like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cases had been in with doctors not realizing what it was but it, it's I find it quite weird that I need to figure out the link between THC and why lots of them are to do with THC. Like, still heaps of them are to do with jewels and normal tobacco vapes, but nicotine vapes. But I wonder why THC is worse. Yeah, it's literally like three three quarters of THC, right? Three yeah. quarters of vaping deaths. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Which is crazy as well. It must just a be lot more of... chemicals. I don't know what. Like, there must be some chemical thing. A lot of my friends vape THC in LA right I got I got a THC vape from a um, from a beauty event I went to a work beauty event in LA and they gave us a THC vape that's so LA I know and that's where I got my aura red (laughs) (laughs) crazy crazy so don't jewel everyone is the moral of that story shall we touch on the bachelorette Yes, so I have a good story about how I accidentally watched The Bachelorette, which is my mum, Coral, who's a legend, was in Sydney for, like, one night only. I hadn't seen her in ages. And um, she was watching The Bachelorette. And I walked in at this, like, exact red-hot moment, like, probably the most red-hot moment of what's going to be the whole series. I just Mm -hmm. accidentally walked in as it was happening. And it was, like, that cute pirate guy with peroxide hair. I don't know how to pronounce his name because I've never watched it. Yeah, I don't like Kieran. I think yeah, Kieran. Kieran. He was like crying his eyes out, and she was crying her eyes out, and they were like crying and pashing and crying and pashing. And she was like, "I get why you have to go." And he was like, "I'm gonna regret this." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "What's happened?" Yeah. Even though I didn't know any of these people, I was like, "This is oh, it's riveting so, TV." It's so easy to get sucked in. I got sucked in at the Bachelor at USA in like finals week. Mm, yeah, exactly. But Kieran, I've been um, avidly keeping up to date via Twitter, okay. which is my new favorite social media platform. About ten years too late. Um, Very quick to the party. I know. <laughs> like, have you guys heard of this hot new app? I used to hate Twitter. <laughs> now I like it because it just—it's so much quicker for news and like reactions on things. Um, mm. And Kieran is the best. How he like him and this guy called Tim, who I find really hot from what I've seen, which isn't yeah, much. But, okay, so just to, Tim is literally one of those people you've met at a bar, and he just can't string a sentence together ever because he's just partied too yeah, hard. Right. But he's so nice, and he really likes her, and it's actually really cute. But yeah, he's always just he's always just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love what they wear. I love how they got guys on there with actual personality for the first season ever. Ever. Yes. The Bachelor is usually so boring. But basically, Kieran, to go back, is this like this cute... He's kind of the guy that I think people thought was going to be annoying and weird from the promos, and then he ended up being this like lovely, funny, flamboyant, cool gentleman. Mm-hmm. 
and his she really really liked him and his he's from Manchester in the UK and his grandmother like kind of raised him I think was like a mother figure to him because his parents weren't super around and she died during the filming so he had to leave to go back to Manchester and he really liked her and he was like really devo to leave and she was so devo that he left as well and they were just crying and making out and crying and making out and I was like this is beautiful (laughs) yeah I watched the brief clip on Instagram and almost cried I can't figure out how to find teen play here I've downloaded like 54 viruses to my laptop (laughs) <laughs> it's too late now he's gone so I, don't care I know why is it so hard to watch these girls um so yeah, he's gone I think he'll come back I feel like there's gonna be like a plot twist where he returns well he's in Sydney and he's definitely not going out with her because there's about 50 different articles of him hooking out with different girls all around Sydney is he no I don't like that yeah I feel like it's so annoying because you see these people on these reality TV shows, and you're like, they're the best, they're amazing. And then two seconds later, they're just hooking up with 50 different chicks in bars and posting disgusting things on social media, and you're like, ugh. Yeah, exactly. Social media wrecks everything for me, I feel. Heaps of the time I'll meet people, I was saying this to Anton the other day, I will meet people and be like, you're so cool, you're so lovely, you're so down to earth, and then I'll go on their social media, and I'm like, this is weird. And I know people are different on social media, and it's not who you really are. But I don't know why you would try and portray someone who's less likable than who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like so many people are so fun and funny and and down to earth and kind on in real life. And then on social media, they portray that they're not like that. And I'm like, that's weird. But it's kind of hard. I guess it's kind of hard to come across. As it just normal. encourages narcissism so much that it's like really hard to not get sucked into it I guess I don't yeah I I feel the same way I don't really know I I really want to like delete my Instagram app when I move over yeah I do I'm like I just waste like so much time we should just delete our one and just have after work drinks yeah and just post funny things because I'm just I don't know I think we're gonna look back on this time and be like oh my god like why did we think anyone cared about all of this just everyday nonsense that we did mm-hmm. literally literally <laughs> it's so mental but yeah so he so he left and then there's also that crazy jamie guy right they always just have a clinger guy i'm kind of i feel like that narrative's boring now what jamie mm. my stomach is rumbling so like... much can you hear it <laughs> we need to get this woman another hand do chocolat <laughs> Someone hook me up with an almond croissant immediately. ASAP. Um, so the thing with Jamie that I think is interesting is that he acted, like, really weird and creepy. Like, he actually gave me, like, like very bad energy. Like, her mm-hmm. body language when she was talking to him was so defensive. I was like, he's actually kind of scary. But then when he, like, took her out and he, like, read her a little note before he got in the car, and he was really upset when he got in the car... And it just made me feel really sorry for him. And I'm just like, some people just struggle. They don't some get it. Some people are just, they're just really, like, bad at reading social cues and don't know how to read a room. And I think if you're a big six foot two man, if you're bad at doing that, people attach all this extra level of, like, you're a creep, you're a predator, you're a blah, blah, when he's just an awkward person. Mm. That was is, the same with Jared. You know? Everyone did that with Jared on his Yeah, season. like, Jared. 
and he just wanted exactly. he just like, wanted to be like this nice guy and get time with her. Yeah. And also, who wouldn't turn absolutely mental in that situation? I would could never go on The Bachelor. You would see I know. the worst side of me. Exactly, and I just think that like people just need to cut people a bit of slack sometimes, and not just jump to saying nasty things because, oh, like it's a guy so we can just make fun of him for being a little bit strange because it's a guy and not a girl. Like I'm like people just struggle and they're the people that producers shove onto the TV when they don't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Along there because it makes for good television. Did you see that... Wait, firstly, did you see that Pete Davidson and Kai Gerber are dating? I'm not joking. Yes, I did see this. And I must say, suspicious timing, considering she turned 18, like, fucking 15 minutes ago. Yeah, pretty gross. Like, but more, I feel like they were dating before and now they're, like, allowed to be photographed together. Yeah, true. But he was dating Margaret Qualley until, like, 10 minutes ago. He has dated... He needs to write a book. He has dated so many amazing women in the space of, like, a year. It's crazy. I know. It's really aspirational. And someone someone today was like, he's probably really funny. And I was like, but he has a better track record than, like, Brad Pitt at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, That's like, what I mean. Like, I'm, really, like, I'm, I'm sure he's funny no and charming. He's funny and charming, cool, down-to-earth guy. But so is everyone. I know. There's so many of them in Hollywood who aren't dating supermodels, the biggest pop stars on the planet, and the biggest up-and-coming actress right now, and Kate Beckinsale, who, like, whatever. Yeah, randomly. (laughs) But, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't don't understand it really either. But I also feel like Pete Davidson, as a person, speaks to that, like, self-destruct tab that all women have, whether they just see, like, a gangly, pale tall man in board shorts with tattoos and they're like mm-hmm. yes yeah, I know, literally. <laughs> me and my husband were talking about this the other day and she was just like it is just so fucked up but she has like this nice guy to work who keeps asking to take her out for a drink and she the first day she was like oh it was so cute we like got along so well and he's so nice and he's so kind and then the next day she was like i'm over it i want this guy yeah. and he's just this tattooed like hot architect in the corner i was like fuck yeah who would yeah exactly you just women have this like self-destructive gene where you see a guy that looks like he might just not call you back you're like yep (laughs) absolutely (laughs) like Kaya Gerber would probably be in a party with like 
70 male supermodels who all have like chiseled jaws and tuxedos and whatever mm. and Pete Davidson would walk in in like track pants with a bloody tobacco jewel hanging out of his mouth and she'd be like him yeah literally why are women this way I don't know but we definitely are it's like <laughs> it's like the rise of the uh, we haven't even talked about this but like soft boys really we haven't like that Instagram account that yeah. documents all yeah. the soft boys and how it's like the rise of the guy who so there's the guy who because pete davidson would be sort of like in the middle he's i reckon he yeah i be, feel like he's not quite a soft boy but he's like he's in that realm yeah he would listen to the songs and he would write poetry and he would be really emotional and in touch with his emotions i love so there's this instagram account what's it called like, it's called Beam Me Up Soft Boy. It's probably the best account on Instagram. It's the best thing ever. It's got things like uh, where people are texting on Tinder and the guy will be like, tell me you've watched Pulp Fiction or, like, got a great song for you and we'll send a link to, like, I don't know. Yeah, and it's literally just guys who are artists and poets and who act like they are feminists and then will just ghost you the exact same way. Oh my god, the last person I slept with was a hooker, but I only did it because all my favourite writers lost their virginity to hookers. Do you read James <laughs> Joyce? That's three <laughs> messages. <laughs> and the caption is much to unpack here. It's literally the best account. We need to get the founder of Beam Me Up Softboy as a um a special guest. Oh my god, we literally do. So, so, so good. Um, but yeah, I feel like he's kind of in the middle because he looks like a fuck boy, but then he'd talk to him and he'd be a soft boy. And then yeah, that's where everything, all bets are off. Yeah. It's like a Venn diagram and Pete Davidson's just that little center. I've watched actually Surviving R. Kelly because it's finally on Australian Netflix. Have you oh, seen it? No, nah, I haven't. It's on Netflix here though. I just haven't been in the right frame of mind yet. Yeah, I'm almost like don't watch it, but you almost have to because it's just so insane. It's kind of like you know it's insane and we've talked about it at the time how crazy it is, but like watching it play out in real time, it's just the most nutso story ever. It just made me feel really angry and it made me feel angry because it made me feel like people didn't really pay as much attention to it as I think they would have if the victims were white girls, Mm -hmm. which is like a massive like thread through the whole thing that people just never took it seriously because it was teenage black girls from non-wealthy cities in America and it just went on and on and on for decades. And he just became like, I didn't realise there was such a huge progression in his behaviour over time because he kept getting away with it. Like that's kind of thing I missed from what we've talked about before. But like he did the whole thing with Alia when she was 27 and she was 15 and that was really messed up, but then that didn't affect his public image. So then he was, like, having sex with increasingly younger girls and then the tape came out and then the same time that there was literally a tape of him having hardcore sex with a 14-year-old girl when he was, like, a 32-year-old man, he released Ignition and became, like, an even bigger pop star. That was the same year. Oh, my God. Like, the tape was out when Ignition came out. And I was like, how is it that I... I was like, oh, this was before my time. And then I'm like, I remember Ignition coming out. Yeah, but we were like, ch- why do I children. Know? 
I know we were children, but like I remember all the Michael Jackson stuff coming out. Like I don't understand why it wasn't just popular common knowledge at the time. Mm. He got away with that with the tape coming out when everyone knew it was him. The only reason he got away with it was because the girl who was in the tape and her parents said on the stand that it wasn't her, even though they knew that it was. And her father, her father continued to play as his guitar player for Ignition and all the albums he released after that. Oh, my God. So was it the daughter of someone in his band? Someone in his band. And her aunt is a... uh, R&B artist called Sparkle and she introduced her niece to R. Kelly because she was an aspiring rapper and she thought R. Kelly could help her and then when she found out about the tape she went absolutely skit and like ruined her whole career to try and get him to go to jail and then her own sister and her sister's husband got on and said no that's not my daughter and then she was like she was like I don't know if they got paid off but I will bet that they did Oh, my God. So that's why he got away with it. So then he's got away with these, like, two massive things in a row. So then the whole thing about having the house with all the girls as a cult and the daddy and the not being able to eat, that was all, like, a decades-long progression over time because he kept doing things and chipping away and society kept telling him it was fine. And he just became more and more and more and more emboldened to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Like, he's just, like, a classic predator like Harvey Weinstein, mm, who was just yeah, exactly. for so long that he just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and literally just believed he was this god who could just do whatever he wanted because he could. Like, no one stopped him. Oh, that makes me feel sick. He's just, he's disgusting. He's, like, a real fucking piece of work. Um, in lighter news, I have started watching Modern Love. Ah, yes, I've seen the ads for that. Yeah, so it is... So Modern Love uh, is a part of the New York Times where writers or anyone submits an essay about love. It can be any kind of love. It's been around for ever, like decades. And then a few years ago, maybe like five or six years ago, a podcast started and it's Modern Love, the podcast where they get celebrities to read out the essays. And that's where I came across it and I loved it. It was the first podcast I ever got into. It's really, it's like really heartbreaking, sad stuff. And you have to be very careful of what you listen to if you're like, going through anything because you'll think it's a story about like a husband and wife and then next minute the wife dies of cancer and you're like sobbing on the way to work but um they have just done a show and each episode in the show is a different modern love essay so it's based on real life real people and dev patel's in it in one of the episodes the one that i'm watching now um and the one i watched last night was really really good and i had read the essay and then listened to the podcast and then it was the first episode of the show it's really good good. yeah i love modern love as a concept yeah i do as well i remember i got really into i haven't listened to the podcast i remember i got really into reading them as well what was the first episode i might remember it. it was um I can't remember exactly what it was called or it was like when your main man is the doorman and it was a mm-hmm. woman living in New York and um, she lived by herself in an apartment building that her parents had owned for years so it was like quite upmarket and they had a doorman and he was basically like her dad like he just looked after her all the time and every guy she brought home was like he's not good enough for you and then she got pregnant to a boyfriend who then disappeared or broke up with her and the doorman like helped her through everything, and it's it's all about their their love story, which is really cute. 
That is cute. Yeah, Who plays crying. the doorman? Um, I can't remember what his name is, but I feel like I know his face. You'll know who he is. You're better at that than me. <laughs> Actually, do you know who we need to talk about? Keanu Reeves. Yes. Oh my god, I can't tell you the joy I got from seeing that picture. It was such a, it was such a good one. So obsessed. They have been um, probably together for well, I, he, earlier this year he said in an interview that he didn't want to be lonely anymore. So I'm saying, so I feel like they have weren't romantically together then, but they've been business partners for years and years and years. So they've known each other since at least 2006 when they worked on a book together. She's an artist. They made their red carpet debut at the LACMA ball in LA the other night and everyone's just freaked out because it's like, it is that thing where you don't realize how jarring it is to see a similarly aged Hollywood couple until you see one. Yeah. And I think it's also because she just like her gray hair is incredible and she just hasn't dyed it. So she looks her age. She's 40, she's 46 or something and he's 55. So it's like, it's not even like they're the same age. He's older than her. No, it's still a, it's like still a big age gap. But it's, yeah, like you say, because there isn't this expectation to look like 20 years younger than you actually are. It's just such a beautiful image, I think, because we do, I think we get accustomed to the, like, I was watching this SNL skit. It's quite old the other day. I don't know how I stumbled on it. And it's called, like, it's a this jokey game show, like, meet your second wife. And it's all these men lined up. And it's, like, it's time for you to meet your second wife. And, like, the first one that comes out is, like, an 11-year-old girl. And it's, like, oh so gosh. awkward. That is so funny. It's Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. But it is that, like, weird thing how there is just this expectation that men can have this whole life with someone and then marry someone 20 years younger than them and it's just kind of fine. Mm. And it's become so endemic and so normal yeah. that, like, it doesn't strike us to think of, like, a 55-year-old male star in Hollywood hitting the red carpet with someone who just looks like who a 55-year-old would date in real life. I know, 100%. Actually, this um, segues really well into a Times article. Did you read it? I sent it to you. Um, <laughs> shakes her head and smiles. <laughs> um <laughs> It's for the Sunday Star Times and it's called I Walked Out on My Husband and Kids for True Love and I'm Not Going to Live with Aching Regret. And it's about a mother who left her husband um, because she met the love of her life and they they had an affair and then she wanted to be with him. And so she left her husband and I think her two kids to move in with her lover and start a new life with him. And she basically the entire article is about how, yes, that pain is absolutely horrible and it's the hardest thing in the world to leave your kids but men do it all the time all the time men work out of their marital mm. homes and start new lives or have affairs and get with women years decades younger than them and that's just a normal thing that society has gotten used to and usually the men yes. aren't they don't really face that many repercussions they're not like ostracized, ostracized socially, from, yeah. yes, social situations and because she's a mother choosing to leave her kids, it's looked at in a completely different light. And um, so the kids, they went to court about um, the custody of the children and they were given, all of them were given sole custody to the father because she chose to leave. And oh my God. They, so they wanted, um, the court wanted them to stay in the marital home. Basically she talks all through it about how it was, I think it was illegal at some point to 
for a woman to leave. In 1836, um, a woman called Mrs. Carolyn Norton left her husband after having an affair with the then Prime Minister, and she was denied mm. access to her three sons, and she went on to campaign for the rights of divorced mothers. And so because of like her intense, the intense pressure that she put on the government to be able to see her children... Um, there was a law passed, and for the first time, they gave divorced women in England and Wales the right to see their children. But for that long, they weren't allowed, if they divorced their husbands, to ever Yeah, see it's their reminding kids. me of Anna Karenina and Madame Bovary, how, like, if you run off with this guy you're in love with, you literally had to just never see your kids again. Mm. So that's why the, like, leaving your partner had this extra level of, like, shame to it, because it was not only have you neglected your duties as a wife, but you obviously don't care about your kids, is the yeah. implication. I'm just going to read a little paragraph from it because I, I find it so interesting, but we'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, she writes, Change is always tough, but putting social shame into the mix makes it quite a different ballgame, particularly as I'm not the person who has custody of our children. Why not? It's simple. I'm the adulterous one. No fault divorce settlements are on their way thanks to the work of Baroness Hale, but they haven't quite arrived yet, so I'm carrying the can. The children are not allowed to see my new partner. I'm invited to parties on my own. Why? 42% of marriages end in separation. I'm not the first woman to leave a marriage and I won't be the last. But the social arboreum that fell on Mrs. Norton for walking out is still in the air like a bad smell that won't go away. She said her university tutor sent her a note a month after she left saying, do you know what you're doing? You'll miss out on all of the important things of being a parent, the first boyfriend, the first driving lesson, homework, anxieties, laughter. This is a man sending her that. When men leave marriages all the time. And she said that her friends look at her with sad eyes and tell her they're going around to cheer up her ex-husband. They bring around food as if he's an invalid. They invite him over for Sunday lunches. Female friends cluck around the children, imagining them now to be motherless and declaring themselves fit for the job. Like, it's just, it's crazy. You never think about the side of things. And she left, she said, like, yes, I left a loveless marriage to be with the love of my life, to build a happy life for myself. I still want to be with my children all the time. I'm not legally allowed to have them. She, and you know, like, and forever now, she'll just try forever and ever to make up for this. Yeah, totally. I think that whole thing is so interesting because I think that, like, I don't know, as you know, I'm like very obsessed with Esther Perot, and I read her book about affairs. It's called The State of Affairs, and it really just changed my mind about our attitudes towards infidelity in general. There's some statistic that's like 92 percent of people think infidelity is immoral and yet like one in three people i think have affairs like not one in three have affairs but like cheat on someone you know what i mean there's like this weird gap where we like are so quick to socially condemn cheating on someone or leaving someone and yet everyone secretly does it or it's it's so much more common than we ever want to give it credit for and it's like when you think about affairs you just tend to think about like we have this gender-focused attitude towards affairs where we always think about the man leaving and the poor woman left behind. And we never think about, like, a woman deciding to leave because she's found someone who makes her happier and more fulfilled and that Mm -hmm. that would actually be a really liberating, amazing experience to have and that it's, like, affairs are very complicated. Like, it's not always this case of this horrible, terrible person who does a bad thing to someone who doesn't deserve it. Like, there's so many myriad reasons that it could happen and life is messy and complicated and this idea of monogamy that you meet someone and you marry them and just hope that you never ever ever meet anyone that you love more or the expectation that if you do you just ignore it and are miserable for the rest of your life so people don't call you a 
slut or a home wrecker or whatever. It's just really old fashioned. I know. And what is worse? Like, what is the better thing to stay in a marriage where you're, where two parents are unhappy, they're not in love, they're both sad or fighting all the time, or for each of them to separate and fall in love and be happy and both of them to be still good parents to the children? I just don't think... My parents divorced when I was really young and I would never want them to be together. Mm. Like, I would just... My mum wouldn't be happy... And it would be a shit situation for both of them. And I, yeah, I just, and I, I feel the same about relationships and monogamy. And I think that that's why this, I don't know, Generation Z especially is very much about kind of falling in love with a person, not falling in love with a gender. And mm. polyamory is on the rise because it makes sense. If you can, if exactly. you put away your jealousy and your insecurities about losing the person you love, them being able to have other relationships and you being able to have other relationships wouldn't be a problem because if you were solid in your love and you communicated and you were completely like open and honest then exploring things outside of just your relationship would actually probably be a very liberating and bonding experience and you'd probably like each other a whole lot more yeah exactly and it's also like we've started to confuse love with possession and ownership now you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it's like love equals uh, having ownership over that person and and them never having another romantic or sexual or flirtatious moment with anybody else like that's what we think yeah love or commitment equals whereas it's like we know on an like on a academic level that those feelings don't just go away because you're with someone that you really like but we have all of these kind of delusions or little lies that we tell ourselves and each other about the way human nature works because we just want to toe the line. It's really interesting. Mm. That's why I love that story because I think it's like affairs are always made out to be this black and white, simple, if you have an affair, you're a bad person situation. Life is so complicated and full of gray areas. And like you, you, like that's sometimes why I think I don't believe in marriage because I'm like, you can't, you can genuinely mean it when you say you're going to commit to someone for life but no one knows like no one knows what their partner's going to be like in 20 years or 15 years yeah if you're still going to have the same values or the same things in common or the same interests like people change so much in a lifetime yeah and i think for like a lot of people maybe it does a lot of people maybe it does work but i also think that a huge amount of the population it obviously doesn't and that's because there's so many Mm. Affairs. You know, some people have been together since they were 16 and could never imagine being with anyone else in their lives. And other people are in long-term relationships and look at a guy in a bar and want to have sex with them in the bathroom. Mm. Like, it just, it's, I feel like everyone's just so different. And it's so funny how we put that age-old weird tradition. I was watching About Time on the weekend, very hungover and crying. It's the best movie ever. And then there was a wedding and we were like, this is just the weirdest thing in the world that we still even do this that it's still a thing that we all do and we find it normal and it hasn't evolved over time when we have evolved so much and everything else is changing. Mm. I'm like, I obviously still want to have a really beautiful dress and have a day that's all about me and have all my friends and family around, but that's about it. Yeah, that's why people have weddings now. It's crazy. People don't think about the actual implications of deciding to wed someone for life like it's a silly thing it doesn't really it doesn't really gel with what we know human nature to be like but we just kind of 
just do it because everyone else does it. It's really interesting. It's so funny. I think in general people should be less judgmental. Like I, I know that men get it a lot easier if they cheat or leave than women do, but I just think there should be less judgment in general. Like I don't think it means that you judge men more. It means you just judge everyone less. Like, Did you watch Obama's speech at the Obama yeah. Foundation? He... um. So he talks all about – it's been taken really out of context because pe- he talks about the woke generation. And so people have taken it out of context and written articles that he's, like, condemning that, but he's not. He's basically saying that this new generation and everyone being all woke and um, political and opinionated has meant that everyone has become really judgmental of others. And he is mm-hmm. basically saying that we need to stop being judgmental of others because when you do that, exactly what we talked about last week – there becomes this huge divide and you're um, trying to make other people feel bad for having different views or different opinions or living their life differently to yours when really you should just Mm. be open to people living however they want to. I was like, Obama. I know. I love him. I do feel like there's a thing that does appear to be – it's like human nature, I think, to be excited to jump on – someone else because you're happy it's not you like I think that's been the case since like the dawn of time that it does feel like with the internet specifically that that kind of feeling of piling on someone because you're with the big group and you're happy that you're not the one that's being piled on has been really exacerbated like I think people do that a lot more now than they probably would have in any other time yeah and I think it's really bad like passing sweeping judgments on people or attacking people for things that they do when you might not know the context or whatever. Like it's, yeah. My, um, one of my good friends said it really well yesterday when I um, saw a thread and I was like, what the fuck? Everyone is so mean. And she was just like, people just love to shit on other people. It's like, yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple. Yes. So eloquent. Okay. Let's wrap this baby up. So, so excited that we literally have three more podcasts over Skype. So three more weeks of you guys suffering through little lags in conversation and us talking over each other. I know. Just bear with us for literally three more weeks and then we'll be free. We're back and better than ever. Back and and better than ever. I know. And it's so fun doing it in the wing. It's all pink around me. Can't work out how to turn the lights on, but if you could, if they were, no, on, you'd be able to sitting see. in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you next week. And follow us on Instagram. Oh, while you're at it, and join our closed Facebook group while you're at it as well. And follow me and Izzy's personal Instagrams while you're at it. Okay, well. And tell your friends about it while you're at it. (laughs) Okay, bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.